Hello and welcome to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. I am your host, Blaine Bartlett. And today's show uh, is going to be broadcast, you know, obviously during the midst of this uh, COVID-19 pandemic. And uh, the focus of the show today in, in large part is going to be around how do we position ourselves as businesses you know, in the face of this uh, incredibly disruptive uh, pandemic. Uh, there's a lot of uh, angst. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of confusion about just how best to position ourselves. How do we pivot as a business? Uh, and e-commerce is going to be a large part of that. How do we actually go to a market in a different way? Because you know we're not going to return to what normal was in any way, shape, or form in any kind of fast way. So um, my guest today is Timothy Seward, and I'll talk a little bit about him in just a moment. But before that, just a little bit of a preamble to set the context for the show. That's called The Soul of Business uh, for a reason. And those of you that are uh, regular listeners have heard me say this before, but Carl Jung at one point in time in his career, the philosopher, was asked to describe from his perspective what he thought the soul of anything was. And he, he simply said, and this is a paraphrase, that the soul is that part of anything that uh, actually enlivens it, that brings life into being. And life in a very broad sense. I mean, a rock has a soul. I mean, that would be one way to think about that. It's inanimate in the sense that you don't see it moving, but there's something about it that brings it into form. Um, businesses are no different than that. There's, there's a spark. There's a, there's a kernel that brings it into form, and it gets translated in many ways. Part of it is, you know, the mission of the organization, uh, the purpose of the organization, that sort of thing. And every organization has a founding purpose. It has this kernel. And ideally, it's sourced out of something that is connecting to a consumer need. You know, the ideal here would be, you know, what I'm bringing to market, whether it's a service or a product, uplifts the experience of being alive on the planet. So aliveness is part of the hallmark of the soul of business. Is there aliveness? Yeah, when you're, yeah, how do you feel about yourself when you're in the presence of this service, in the presence of this uh, product? Do you feel uplifted? That's what I'm talking about with the soul of business. So as we start looking at uh, the world today, uh, storefronts are you know, gonna be a little bit tricky to get into sometimes. Uh, Restaurants, I can't go and sit you know, at my favorite restaurant right now. Uh, so how do we bring that to life? How do we bring the service? How do we bring the product to life? And that's why I'm very excited to have on, on the show today, Timothy uh, Seward. Uh, Timothy's uh, got an interesting pedigree here. He, he lives in North Carolina and uh, is a guest lecturer at the uh, North Carolina State University College of Management. And he's wrote a fascinating book or has written, wrote, you know, my language here. Uh, he's written a fascinating book, The Ultimate Guide to Amazon Advertising. And I'm using that very specifically because Amazon uh, is the most ubiquitous e-commerce you know, force on the planet, particularly here in the U.S. Um, we go to China, we've got another, you know, Alibaba is over there, uh, great, great competitor to Amazon. But uh, Amazon is the one that we are going to be most familiar with. So, um, in the course of the conversation, I'm going to you know, kind of wander around here a little bit and uh, start off with a question here of, of Timothy, just given my preamble. Um, when you hear the soul of business, what does that evoke for you specifically? 
Sure. So to me, uh, the soul of business, Blaine, um, ties, I feel, directly into the core kernel of, of a brand. And so what's a brand? You know, a brand uh, in the 1800s was a way to differentiate my cattle from your cattle. And, and cattle, you know, got branded. And, uh, and, and since then, in the, in the consumer economy, a brand is a, is a collection of promises. It's a feeling of trust. It's a feeling of connection. It's a, um, it's a uh, integrity. Um, it's a sense of integrity that, uh, that you feel from the brand making those those promises so it's it's what what you feel when you go into a grocery store and buy a couple cans of campbell's campbell's uh, soup or it's uh, how you feel when you uh, purchase uh, and the trust that's uh, placed in in companies that manufacture products like tylenol or uh, or uh, someone that makes your favorite um your favorite yogurt, for instance. So it's it's the soul of uh, of a brand is um, I think the, the the most important success element in helping companies to really scale and to grow and to be uh, highly successful on not only the market not only on Amazon but in the marketplace in general. Great, I love that. Uh, you know, you know, that's a pretty interesting distinction, and you know. I, I, I've been working with brands and marketing for 40 some odd years and I have never connected the dots to cattle. <laughs> I mean, that, it's kind of like, wow, that is so obvious. And it, it is something that I've missed you know, in, in my conversations with folks. You know, what is a brand? Well, here's where, where did it come from? It's differentiation. Yeah, very simple differentiation. That's fascinating. Um, Amazon, let's, let's just jump right into the middle of this. And you are probably one of the foremost experts on, on marketing within the Amazon ecosphere. So the idea here, you know, if, as I move from brick and mortar, yeah, how do I, you know, first of all, let's just kind of go to the big picture. Marketing as an e-retailer you know, on Amazon, what's the... How, just describe it a little bit from your perspective about why that's important in today's uh, uh, economy. Now, most people have got some assumptions about that, uh, particularly when they start looking at the numbers. But you know, what what goes on with that? Sure. So, um, so the reason that uh, Amazon is is so crucial and and critical to um, to the world of e-commerce, at least in the United States, as you pointed out. Let's let's talk about the United States. Um, so. Not a lot of people outside of the marketing, marketing world know this, but, but in terms of product searches, 54% of American consumers start their product search on Amazon. They don't start it on Google. They don't start it on Yahoo. They don't start it on Bing. They, um, they don't go to, you know, I mean, to some lesser extent, they will search on Google and uh, in other search engines, that's about 35%. And then the balance is searching on someone's, uh, some other retailer's website, for instance, uh, Saks Fifth Avenue or target.com or whatever. So 
if it's true that 54% of all U.S. consumers, whether they have a Prime membership or not, start their search for products on Amazon, then it's something that just can't be ignored in the world of business and particularly e-commerce. And today we're in the middle of, obviously, as you mentioned earlier, the, the COVID-19 pandemic and in the the great state of North Carolina, if you have a retail store that doesn't have anything to do with groceries, you're probably not even open right now. So what are consumers to do? They're going to go online, they're going to purchase the products and, and um, purchase the products that they need that they may have purchased from in a, in a traditional way. And so Again, if that's true, you want to have a presence on Amazon, you want to have strength on Amazon. And the best way to do that is to have your own brand. Let's tie it right back to the soul of business and brand. You want to have your own branded products. You don't want to show up selling the same product with the same SKU, the same barcode that 15 other sellers are, are selling because that's just a race to the bottom. So at the end of the day, the key to success and to scale in, in e-commerce is to have your own branded products that has the image, the look, the, the brand promises, the trust, and, and everything about that, that kernel that's built around a brand so that it's unique to your company and it's not something that can be replicated with another person, with another company's products. Good. I mean, that, that's great. And, you know, I know just in, in my household, you know, and I'm up in Washington State right now, we are basically kind of mirroring a lot of what's going on in North Carolina. Groceries are about the only place we're going, yeah, grocery stores. Um, so I know my wife, we've been Amazon consumers for years, um, but I cannot believe the amount of stuff that we're paying attention to ordering from Amazon right now. And the reason I'm marking that out, just as you have with COVID-19 uh, in play, there's, and the longer that we are sheltering in place, um, uh, the more habituated it seems that we are becoming in ordering on Amazon rather than going to the hardware store or going to uh, the mall because the malls are closed. From your perspective, what's the, what's the consequence, likely consequence of COVID-19 on traditional retail? And sure. not just soft goods, but you know, just retail, whether it's hard, you know, hardware or whatever it is. Sure. So traditional retail, I mean, this is literally this, this pandemic is literally playing into all of Amazon's biggest strengths. So uh, e-commerce is up substantially with Amazon in their first wave of additional hires. They, um, they set and then achieved 100,000 new temporary hires to be able to scale. A hundred thousand. A hundred thousand. And they actually completed that. They got, they got, to that 100,000 and then they just recently within the last week or so announced that they're looking to, per, to um, acquire another 75,000 employees. Now many of these employees, uh, they're encouraging them to come from 
closed restaurants and, and even in, in, in a temporary situation, you know, come to work for us for a couple months or however long that you're out of work through the restaurant that you work at or through the retail store you work, come to work for us and, and we're cool if, you know, you, you stay and then go back to your, to your previous position. But that just shows you how this plays into Amazon's strength from a retail standpoint. From an AWS standpoint, which is Amazon's biggest and most profitable business, that's their cloud computing uh, web services businesses yeah. business. And, and it's the most, it's, it's the biggest profit cash cow that Amazon has. Um, so not a lot of people know this, but Zoom uses Amazon web servers to power the, the very uh, software that we're using today as a service to, to conduct this interview. They uh, are scaling wildly and have scaled wildly on Amazon. Uh, groups like Netflix, which, you know, uh, viewership is, is way up for Netflix due to the shelter and home place. So that's hosted on the Amazon web servers. And then uh, Twitch, which is, a, um, mm -hmm. which is a, a game platform where you can watch other people playing games and that type of thing. That thing is blown up and that's also owned by Amazon. That's blown up, blown up during the pandemic. So it's, it's almost like um, this, um, and, and so, it, it, it's not almost like it is. It's, it's literally played into Amazon's own strengths and helped help Amazon become even stronger. Having said that, uh, it also is getting consumers more and more comfortable with doing business online, with ordering groceries and having them ready for pickup when you go into the, the pickup slot of the grocery store rather than going in, inside. And it's absolutely going to have an effect on change habits. When consumers make some of these changes, many of them will not go back. Many of them will uh, keep that, that increased purchase level through e-commerce. Some of them will, of course, uh, because yeah. they prefer this in-person, in-store experience. But uh, for many consumers, uh, it, will, it, will, it will be the rising tide that lifts all boats, uh, business boats, so that more business, even more business is done online. That's, so part of the challenge then for, I mean, just take say restaurants as an example, uh, or uh, soft good retailers that rely on local traffic. How, do, how does this play into their business model? Sure. Well, I mean, even restaurants will be affected because uh, during the pandemic, uh, many consumers are, are ordering through DoorDash, through Uber Eats, through, um, through directly through the, the restaurant's uh, website, calling orders, getting them delivered, getting them picked up. So I think you'll see an uptick with that. Mm -hmm. uh, however, having said that, there's nothing that beats the experience of going out on a Friday night with your friends and having a couple glasses of wine and a really nice dinner in, in a great environment. And I think that uh, you're going to see uh, that, uh, that return. However, if the restaurant was marginal in business at best or marginally profitable or provided a marginal experience to consumers, uh, maybe they get... Um, you know, taken out by this in the same way that many businesses get taken out by a recession, um, which, you know, generally, according to Warren Buffett, happens about every decade or so. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Now, you mentioned, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just aggregating numbers here, 175,000 new employees coming into Amazon, uh, you know, literally within probably the last uh, two and a half, three months. Yeah. You know? And, 
from a labor pool perspective, uh, I mean, Amazon pays fairly well. I mean, they've got a good benefit structure, uh, as I understand it. I haven't done a deep dive in it. Um, and when you're looking at minimum wage workers coming out of restaurants, as an example, or some other uh, uh, industry uh, sector, the likelihood of them going back to that job, all of a sudden, I've got a brick and mortar you know, business that is uh, looking for employees. Sure. Still have a new competitor. Amazon up their minimum wage during this period by $2 an hour from $15 to $17 an hour. They've offered that to the displaced uh, workers who are unable to, um, you know, keep their restaurant uh, server job or, or, um, or, you know, cook back, you know, back of the house cooking job or whatever. Um, I suspect that a good number of them will return. Um, Amazon is, um, is a very fast paced, uh, very, uh, it, it's a, yeah. a warehouse job in Amazon is, is not for the faint at heart. Um, there's, there's just a lot of physical activity. I think uh, I've seen at one point the stat where the average uh, shift worker at Amazon warehouse walks about 12 miles during an, an eight to, to nine hour shift. And um, that's probably that, that not that far off having owned um, warehouses uh, in the past myself in a, in a previous company. Uh, you do walk a lot up and down aisles and, and even with robot assistance, you're still doing a lot of work and it's very, it is very strenuous. Um, so I would anticipate that they're going to retain some of the, some of the best and the brightest that they uh, found during this, during this uptick. Yeah. And then uh, other people will go back to uh, what they truly enjoyed doing before. Good. You know, the, um, the, the, the differentiation, I'm going to you know, kind of circle back on that, the branding. Uh, your book, um, The Ultimate Guide to Amazon Advertising, that you know, speaks, you know, obviously to differentiation. Yeah. Amazon advertising. How do I advertise on this platform? Folks that are entering this ecosphere uh, for the first time, um, what, what are you know, two or three things that they absolutely need to get right if they're going to be successful on this platform? And not sure. just Amazon, but any e-commerce platform. Sure, of course. Um, so, um, so I call it the path to, to sustainable brand success, okay? And so we're tying in the kernel of a brand to the soul of business, right? And so then the, in my opinion, in my mind, there's, there's three real core keys to, um, to, to really nail that. And, and number one, uh, key number one is you, you truly understand the mind of the buyer for your products. So you truly understand what keeps your, your uh, potential customers awake at night. Um, what are the reasons that they can trust you? Um, what, um, um, how, um, how they would recommend you to, to friends and, and colleagues. So you, you truly understand their needs, their desires, what they're willing to pay money for. And, and why they buy. So that's truly number one. Number two is you're doing something that you have an intense level of enthusiasm for. Um, so, uh, so that, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty plain. So um, if you think about, um, you know, your favorite band, it, it, it does this uh, cross country tour, big rigs and, you know, 37 stops and, you know, one night you're in, 
Lubbock, uh, you know, Lubbock, the next night you're in St. Louis, the next night you're in, in Dallas, and you're playing literally the same show and the same songs over and over and over again. But if you have intense, if you're the band and, and, or you're the artist and you have intense enthusiasm for what, you, what you're doing, you realize that in the consumer's mind, it's the, it's the first time that they've heard it in their town, and, but you're so, um, you're so just excited. You have so much enthusiasm for for what you're doing and that comes through in your product which is your, your performance so the same thing with your products it's it's a product category or a product that you have intense enthusiasm for and then key number three is you you build and promote your own brand uh, meaning that it's it's not just about building a better mousetrap but it's about um, and and that you would expect people to beat a path to your door but it's building a better mousetrap building something truly differentiated something that you truly have energy and enthusiasm for and you get out there and you market it like crazy and so um uh, if uh, you have a consumer product, the very best that's that's made by your your company or um, or branded by your company that you own the the exclusive rights to, then you absolutely uh, want to get on Amazon and and sell that product. And and the best way to promote that product is through advertising on Amazon. Now, and advertising on Amazon is kind of a unique proposition in one sense. So it's, I mean, there's an ad buy, but it's, it, how, how is it different from buying an ad on Facebook or buying an ad on LinkedIn or you know, you know, promoting in that way? Sure. Um, well, on a number of ways, uh, number one within uh, the, uh, the most common uh, ad unit on Amazon, which is uh, the sponsored products ad unit. You don't have to write any copy. Um, the copy flows through your uh, your product listing pages. You don't have to announce a price or put a price in your your ad copy because Amazon supplies that right out of the the core product itself. And um, and other than that, uh, you have a lot of the same targeting options that you do have on Facebook, on LinkedIn, even on Google. Uh, you can reach uh, specific audiences. You can retarget to previous buyers. You can retarget your ads to people who have considered your product and didn't actually make the purchase. So um, I don't know. I used to call it the Googleization of Amazon. And uh, that is that um, over time, and, and prior to that, five years ago, I called it the Googleization of Facebook. And so, you know, Google is kind of the, the first one that really got this ad platform right. Yeah. You know, they launched AdWords in 2002 and, um, and continuously and substantially improved it over the last uh, 18 plus, you know, 18 years. And so what's happened is they've, they've essentially developed the gold standard for an ad platform or digital advertising platform. And then, you know, Facebook um, comes online and they start to realize the importance of, of advertising. And so, you know, they're hiring former Google engineers and, and they are kind of adopting a lot of the systems and a lot of the, the, uh, frames that uh, really that Google invented and Amazon's doing the same thing. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's different, but uh, there's many core things that are, that are similar. Good. So again, I'm going to kind of, you know, look at the disruption and perturbation that uh, you know, the, the COVID-19 pandemic is, is causing in, in the business world, not just in you know, life in general, but the business world in, in specific. 
if I've got a tangible physical product, I can understand how I can get that onto Amazon and, and actually do something with it on Amazon because there's a physical product there. How about a service? Sure. How does that work? Yeah. So, um, so if you have a service that can't be acquired on Amazon, and I've seen tests for carpet cleaning, for instance, in my local area on Amazon, mm -hmm. but if you have a service that can't be purchased on the Amazon platform, let's say you're selling insurance, say you're USAA, or um, you are selling banking services, let's say you're Wells Fargo, you're still allowed to advertise on Amazon. You're just doing it through a a different um, a different uh, uh, section within the ad ecosystem on Amazon. And uh, so that section um, is the demand side platform, abbreviation is DSP, the demand side platform uh, section of the Amazon advertising rather dot Amazon.com ad platform. And so uh, if you meet one of those core cases where you're selling something, it could be maybe the University of Tampa and you're selling continuing education courses um, or um, you're selling a lawn service, for instance, maybe you're True Green or, or, um, or someone like that lawn doctor, for instance, and it's a service comes to your house, then you're allowed through this demand side platform to even place your ads right on the amazon.com site. That click can take you off of the Amazon site not applicable if you sell a product that is sold on the Amazon platform or a category sold on that has to take you still, it has to keep you within the Amazon ecosystem. But again, if you have something that can't be, you can advertise and that click can take people away from the Amazon site. That's, so that's, that's kind of the big ad exception. That is, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, in terms of traffic, um, just comparatively, how much uh, of the ad traffic is DSP related? I mean, in I, just ballpark, would you say? <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe the question would be um, perhaps uh, how much real estate on the Amazon.com website is devoted to DSP. Yeah, I I've, don't, never, I've never heard of it. I've never, you know, honestly. I'm, yeah, I'm, it, it's it's an it's a, it's a, it's an insider ad ad, ad type term uh, that um, that you you know you wouldn't be expected to honestly um, but um, but I, I don't have stats so I, I cannot give you a concrete answer but just from my own observation I would say that uh, of the the Amazon.com website and if you look at the real estate that's devoted to ads that take you deeper within the site versus ads that are primarily for services that take that are allowed to take you away from the site my guess is is that the, that real estate on the amazon.com site would be less than five percent five percent now and partly the reason i ask this question is you know part of my business uh historically i mean for 40 years yeah as a consultant um i would go to my client's location uh keynote speeches, uh, you know, team development work, you know, work with executive teams, that, but it was all on site. That is not going to happen in the, as far as I can see, yeah, looking forward right now uh, with social distancing and everything else that's in play. Um, so, you know, just looking at you know, the business model that I've historically had, it is disrupted. How do I, you know, this would be a platform that I, I mean, I'm just kind of thinking out loud here as I stammer and stutter, but yeah, getting those, first of all, I need to digitize what I'm doing. 
in a way that uh, would make it amenable to a, a service offering and then find a way to advertise it, you know, with brand differentiation and that sort of thing. So, you know, that's doable is, is what I'm hearing you say. That's doable within the Apple, yeah, the not the Apple, the Amazon uh, ecosystem. Yeah, it is. Um, typically, uh, there's on the on DSP side, typically, unless you're working with an agency, uh, there's a $35,000 um, minimum buy. So mm -hmm. it's, it's not a... Um, it's it's not um, something like AdWords where you can have a dollar a day budget and you know yeah. buy some twenty five cent clicks if those are even available today. Um, but um, I would think for uh, public speaking offerings, um, if um, especially if there's a specific target that you can identify, that that LinkedIn might be might be a better way to reach that audience. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. And it's still, you know, I mean, you know, it's still a digital uh, outreach. Yeah, For sure. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, with like, with LinkedIn, you can target CMOs, or you can yeah. target uh, uh, chief financial officers, or you can target. Um, you know, I mean, you know, as long as you can kind of define your target in some way, uh, particularly by title or size of business, it seems uh, that that's uh, likely the more efficient uh, place to be. And, and both of those, you know, they end up becoming gateways. I, I guess it'd be one way to think about it. You know, and the, sure. the tra traffic gets controlled and, and bifurcated and directed. Yeah. yeah. Gateway. Yeah. And so whoever has control of the gateway is the big gorilla in the, <laughs> in the market. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. It's the toll booth position. Toll booth position. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, with everything that we've been looking at here, I'm assuming that you know, all of it, uh, and correct me if I'm off on this, but the ultimate guide to Amazon advertising, you're, t you're touching on everything that we've touched on here in, in the book. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, definitely not COVID nineteen because yeah, the book no, was finalized yeah. um, and then and then came out um, in May of two thousand nineteen. So, um, so yeah, other other than COVID nineteen, um, everything that most everything we've we've spoken with is is part of, of is part of the kernel of of um, what I what I wanted to convey in the book. Good, good, because I mean you couldn't have anticipated. Uh, uh, in writing the book that we would be here where we are today. And it provides, as I'm understanding it, a bit of a roadmap for folks that are experiencing a significant disruption in their physical business process. There's a way, there's a way out. You know, there yeah. is a way out. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the show is the, uh, yeah, I mean, with my clients, it's, you know, the question, how do I do this comes up a lot. How do I move? How do I transition? How do I pivot? And, uh, I'm kind of flummoxed sometimes in terms of answering that question. I mean, I've got my answers, but yeah, in terms of go-to-market strategies, this is certainly something that, you know, folks that you're listening, this is something that you're going to want to pick up. This is going to be something that you want to you know, pay some attention to. How can people get in touch with you, uh, you know, Timothy, and or your book and your organization? Yeah. Actually, I want to you know, back up here just a bit. You've got an organization you know, that you founded. Uh, ROI, uh, what is it? ROI um, Revolution. Revolution. ROI Revolution. Yeah. Um, just real quickly, eight bars on uh, on what you do. It, you know, just to position what you're doing, because I think it's it's well worth people understanding. And sure. Having, having access to a resource here. Sure. So, uh, so really, we do two things, and uh, and if I started this company uh, coincidentally in 2002, which is the same year that 
that uh, AdWords uh, came out, but uh, we primarily do two things and primarily for big consumer brands. Uh, such as Puma, such as Time Life, such as Advanced Auto, Lumber Liquidators, um, uh, just uh, a number of clients, uh, uh, apparel companies, uh, and so on. Um, but effectively, what we, what our team does, and we've got about 150 people in the company, is we drive traffic to our clients' uh, e-commerce websites, either through, um, through. Um, search marketing uh, or through uh, social marketing or even through Amazon advertising, obviously, uh, mm -hmm. to their listings on Amazon. So number one, the number one thing we do is we drive, we drive uh, qualified traffic to their, their listings so they can, they can acquire more customers essentially and, 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 and have the opportunity to delight more new consumers with their brand promises, with, with their, their soul as they uh, communicate it and, and express it through their products. And number two, we, uh, we optimize um, the, uh, the e-commerce side of, of marketing. So we optimize it through uh, what's called conversion rate optimization, which is the uh, the process of of helping a brand's website to be more productive, to convert uh, more shoppers into buyers, and through things like search engine optimization, which uh, helps a brand's uh, web presence become more prominent in the natural results on Google, Yahoo, Bing. And then uh, thirdly, we optimize our clients' product listings. So really we're a two things, we're a two things agency. It's a done for you agency. We're not selling a software, we're, we're selling the, the actual execution and that is traffic and optimization. Perfect, good, thank you for that explanation. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's comprehensive. I mean, that's kind of soup to nuts. <laughs> we like to think so. Yeah. So how can people best get in touch with you, number one, and number two, where can they get a copy of the Ultimate Guide to Amazon Advertising? Sure. I'll then get in touch with me through uh, the ROIRevolution.com uh, website, uh, and we have a number of free articles and webcasts and, and other things that, uh, that they can access, white papers, e-books, all, all that's available through, through our website. And then uh, to learn more about uh, how to execute uh, your own advertising campaigns on Amazon, I would just suggest going to amazon.com and search for the ultimate guide to Amazon advertising by Timothy Seward. And um, I would hope that you would uh, buy a copy and, and read it. And if you love it, uh, leave a uh, review, I guess uh, leave a review either way, but, um, but uh, I would love for, for you to, uh, to look at that. That book is also available in, um, at uh, barnesandnoble.com as well as through independent uh, booksellers across the country. Okay, uh, hard copy only or is there a, an ebook version? So it's, it's soft, but we also have a Kindle version. Kindle version, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. okay, perfect, perfect. Any Audible? Um, I haven't been asked to do one yet, so uh, hopefully uh, we get asked, I get asked to do one. Good, good. Well, my guest today has been Timothy Seward, CEO and founder of uh, ROI Revolution. Timothy, I want to just thank you very much for actually a, a, a fascinating uh, conversation about you know, the consequence of pivoting. How, how do you best pivot in, uh, in, the, con you know, in the face of this COVID-19 uh, pandemic yeah, as a business? So those of you that are listening, uh, 
do pick up a copy of that book if you're interested at all in looking at a different business model uh, or augmenting one that you're already, you know, already working with, for sure. Um, for those of you that are listening once again here, you can also get more information about me uh, and what we're up to at blainebartlett.com. Um, one of the things that I'd like to encourage you to pay some attention to is a new book that we've just put out, um, The Leadership Mindset Weekly. And you can pick up a copy of that, obviously, on Amazon, um, both in Kindle as well as uh, soft copy. And there is a mastermind that we're launching that uh, we're going to be making a part of the book offer. So uh, Leadership Mindset Mastermind is uh, available on my website, blainebartlett.com. So check it out and we'll see where we're at. Uh, again, Blaine Bartlett, uh, your host of The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. And our guest today has been Timothy Stewart. Thank you very much, Timothy. Thank you, Blaine. It was a delight. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.